Welcome to the Proud Police Wife Podcast with Rebecca Lynn, where we have honest, real, and encouraging conversations for law enforcement families. Welcome to episode six of the Proud Police Wife Podcast. I'm so excited for you to join us today. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Monarch Company. Blue Monarch Company is police owned and operated by a retired female officer. They offer inspirational jewelry, including subtle thin blue line pieces and a link to grab yours and discount codes for um, Valentine's Day and beyond are in the show notes. Joining me today is April Catherman Redgrave. April is a surviving widow of fallen San Jose police motor officer, Michael Catherman, and April experienced unimaginable brokenness and despair, yet also witnessed how God redeemed a terrible situation into one of great beauty and joy. April now shares her beauty from ashes story through writing and speaking to help encourage law enforcement families widows and blended families while honoring her husband in heaven and glorifying all God has done in her life. So today we're going to be talking about ways that you can be better prepared in this lifestyle. And April's going to offer some encouragement to any spouses that just may be struggling right now. So April, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you and really just put into perspective some of the things that you can be prepared for. Um, mm-hmm. But first, before we do that, can you start by sharing some of your story with us? Of course. Yeah, my husband and I were college sweethearts. So we met the first day of freshman year and got married as soon as we graduated. And at 21, we were married. I started my career as an elementary school teacher and he went right into the San Jose Police Academy. And by the time he was almost done with FTO, rookie on the streets, we had our first baby. About two years later, we had our second boy. So we had two boys. And life was great. So he was, you know, full blown into his career. He was on the streets doing patrol most of the time. And by about year nine in, I was still teaching. Our boys were getting older. He went into the motors unit and that was a dream of his. Motorcycles has been our life, dirt bikes, street bikes, everything. And so this was just kind of a natural thing for Mike to do was to go into the motors unit. So he was about 11 years in. And our boys were 10 and eight. And one morning, it was the summer. So me being a teacher, I was off and home. And he was working a late day shift that day, which meant that he was home to tell us bye and, you know, hug and kiss us and get on his bike that he kept at our house. And he drove off in his uniform. And that was the last time that we got to hug and kiss him bye because he didn't come home that day. So... At the end of his shift, he was on his bike heading back to the police department and he was hit by another car, making a left-hand turn that shouldn't have been done and was killed. So the boys and I were at home just going about our day and that's when I found out. So just like you picture, the black cars pull up and I had city officials get out of the car and command staff at the police department walk into my living room and tell me my worst nightmare had come true. And that's when it all began with the nightmare of we all think will never happen to us and pray that it does not. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, April, I'm sitting here holding back tears. Um, just 
first of all, I'm so sorry. And, um, but I know that like you share that you have found joy after such tremendous loss. And I just want to thank you for being open and sharing this with us because while, you know, we don't want to think that things like this could happen to us, that is, that was your reality was that this happened to you. And now you, you know, graciously take time to share with other law enforcement families, things that you may not have known Um, or didn't know when you went through this. And so I really appreciate you taking the time to just be open and sharing this with us. And we just really appreciate you. Oh, well, thank you. Absolutely. So you are um, remarried now as well. Um, You have a blended family. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So we're going on year six right now. We just I hate to use the word celebrated, but we celebrated Mike's end of watch. You know, we try to make it happy every year for my boys. My boys are now 13 and 15. And um, I am remarried to David. David had has two kids. So now I'm a bonus mom to two. And then we had a little girl together who is now two. So we are a blended family of five. And we still, I mean, everything that we do, Mike is included in, in our in our life, everything. And I'm still, you know, I still have the role of the police widow. Even last week I had two um, police department meetings um, for certain things. It never, ever stops. It never stops in a bittersweet way. The sweet way is, you know, we still get to enjoy the law enforcement life and family life and just everything that we do includes Mike. And I'm so blessed to have a husband on earth that um, encourages me to do that. Yes. Um, But then I'm still dealing with all of the crappy line of duty death stuff that also is never going to go away. Um, But in the end, we definitely are so blessed and I found joy and I found love all while I still get to love Mike. That's amazing. That's so wonderful. And I'm so happy that, you know, you've been able to, um, you know, just find the, that happiness in life, even though yeah. you guys went through so much, you and your boys did. And mm-hmm. it's amazing that your husband now is so encouraging and supportive yeah. to keep his memory alive, not just for you, but also your boys. And yeah, that's wonderful. And so, you know, April and I do want to share that um, we in no way want to instill fear in wives at mm-hmm. all. But instead, we want to give you guys tools to be just prepared for this lifestyle in hopes that you don't have to use this information. But um, so, April, can you talk about what ways you wish you were more prepared for the unexpected? Yeah. And like Rebecca said, we hope that this is just really encouraging. And one of the things is the only thing that Mike and I ever talked about as far as the what if was that at the time... Um, we were having major city budget cuts. And so unfortunately for us in the city of San Jose, the city council and the mayor were not pro-police. So we had budget cuts left or right at the PD. And it was just a really, really hard time for morale and, you know, financially for everybody. The budget cuts were just awful. Officers were leaving left and right. So the only thing, the what if that Mike and I ever had that conversation was if something ever happens to me, The mayor and the city council may not be present for anything. Unless they are pro-police, they can't be there whatsoever. 
So that day that he was killed and one of the black cars pulled up that was um, the mayor and city council members, I, it clicked what Micah told me and I kicked them out of my house. Good for said, you. Get out of my house, get off my property. They were not invited to anything. Um, and, but like I said, that's the only thing we ever talked about. Right. So now here I am trying to make decision after decision, both police related, but then both personal right. as well, right. you know, for just our family. And I just didn't really know what Mike would want. So I had to make decisions based on me being his wife and knowing him best. But if we would have had that what if conversation, it would have saved me so much heartache yeah. and so much, um, even to this day, wondering what if and a little bit of details on those decisions. And I'm saying it could, could have just saved me a 10 minute conversation with him. Do you want me to donate your organs? If something happens to you, do you want to be cremated or buried? If you want to be buried where, what kind of ceremony do you want? Do you want me to have the huge, you know, 8,000 people in attendance, um, you know, for the city plus a little one just for us? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with our house? Do you want us to still live in it? Do you, are you okay if I sell it and move, you know, to a different house? I mean, personally, our, I, I was only 33. So you kind of need to have that talk too. Like, what about me moving on, you know, with the children? Um, and another really important thing in this line of work is when there's a line of duty death, you are assigned a family liaison officer. That liaison officer is with you from that second till even to this day. Last week, one of my meetings was with my, one of my family liaison officers and the PO, you know, the, the president of the police officers association. They are still, I have two, and they were two of Mike's closest friends that took on that role. Maybe think about that, and that would be an encouragement for your spouse, is who would you trust to take care of our family. Sorry, you mean from the department, right? Absolutely, it has to be a representative from the police department. And yeah. I didn't even know that a family liaison officer was a thing. Wow. I, I was just assigned one and luckily it was out of volunteer, you know, Mike's two best buddies were the ones that of course stepped up, up and did it, but none of them ever have that talk either. Right. You know, so maybe the officers need to have that conversation with each other, which no one wants to have, but hey, you know, Something ever happens to one of us, are, are we going to take over? You know, that's something that I just, I had no clue about. So, you know, a 10-minute conversation. And also, Mike and I had started our will and never finished it. Right. Because, you know, you're in your 30s. So why do you really need to think about a will? And I wish we would have finished it. Because I had to then create one on my own and trying to think, okay, where are our kids going to go if something happens to me now? It was just a lot of pressure. Um, so just a simple conversation of the what ifs, and it could be a 10, 15 minute, and then you don't have to talk about it again. Right. And yeah. really, it's going to help um, just take that emotional burden off of the spouse because you already are, you're grieving, you're trying to be there for your children Gosh. and your family, and you're going through so much, but to know that you don't have to think about those specific details that they've already been talked about, or maybe you've recorded them somewhere. I'll put a link to um, my police wife resource binder because it kind of forced yes. people to have those conversations and mm -hmm. some um, departments have end of watch packets that they keep yeah. on hand for the spouses, but not all do. It seems to be, you know, 50, 50. And so 
like you said, talk about who would you want to even come to your door? Like not the mayor and city council, like exactly. Yes. Um, And even somebody that you um, might feel comfortable talking with may not be the person your spouse thinks of. And Mm -hmm. so those are all really great tips. And like you said, it's not um, going to be sunshine and roses talking about something like this, Mm -hmm. but to just know that you had the discussion um, in, in case of that small percentage of something tragic happening And, you know, it may not even be a line of duty death. It could just be, um, you know, accidents happen in the world in general. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. And also, um, you know, if someone was sick or someone, you know, had some sort of accident where they were just in the hospital for, you know, a short amount of time, like, where do you, how do you pay bills? How do you get passwords? How do you, all of those things. So um, thank you for sharing that, especially mm-hmm. from your perspective, because those aren't things that I or others will think about when you haven't walked in those shoes. Yeah, I didn't think about any of it. So, Definitely didn't. Yeah. So thank you for opening up and sharing that with us. Yes. Um, and I hope that, you know, this can be just sort of motivation, motivation mm-hmm. for others to have the, that conversation and open those doors to talking about wills and all of that information. Um, yeah. And, and updating things too. You forget, you know, let's say you have a new baby. Life is hectic when you have a new baby. You aren't thinking, oh, I need to go to, you know, my police officer association hall or whatever, you know, your department has and, and, and tell them, oh my gosh, I had another baby, not just for insurance purposes, right. but for um, dependent, you know, or any kind of life altering change, make sure you update that ASAP Yes, as well. And yeah. sometimes too, even with marriage, I know sometimes officers do start young and so their next of kin might be a parent yeah. <laughs> or so just when you get married, all of those milestones, like you said, updating that information so it can mm-hmm. fun. Yep. So, okay, let's move into um, encouragement. What encouragement Mm -hmm. would you provide to a spouse that may be struggling, or maybe they're not even struggling, but just need to hear that encouragement to kind of keep in the back of their head um, that, you know, they may need to hear right now regarding law enforcement life? Yeah, you know, I think back to the times with Mike where I knew that he was having a hard time, but he wouldn't tell me. And how I would notice it with him is he'd spend extra time in the garage mm-hmm. or um, he would go off dirt bike riding with his buddies and he wouldn't bring the boys with him. Right. You know, and I rode dirt bikes too with the family and he wouldn't like encourage me to come. And I knew that those were times where something was heavy at work and he just needed time to process. Maybe he just needed to work on a project in the garage. Well, you know what that means is that that means I'm still taking on all the duties at home because we know that it's kind of a single mom life when they're working all the time. So we can't wait for them to get home because we get a little bit of a break too. And in the beginning, I would get really frustrated and I'd be like, oh, come on. Like, can I just have an extra couple minutes of sleep or can you please take the kids to this place? And he would just be in his own little world in the garage. And it really took me too long to figure out if that's what he needed. And I need to just let them have that because they need to have some kind of way to process what happened. And, and I wish I wouldn't have tried to dig it out of them. Like what's wrong? What happened? Because then it would be like, 
it, it was he witnessed a child die or you know he had to go to some kind of you know awful case that usually involved children for him that mm -hmm. i noticed that he would have a hard time with and just kind of let them have their space when they need it and be encouraging and then try to plan in those fun moments i think when we we really liked camping and like i said dirt bike riding so whenever he had time off and we would just get away off the grid for us that was what worked for us maybe for some families it's you know go to the beach or have a barbecue with other people maybe you like to socialize with other people for your downtime try to intentionally plan that time where your spouse can just let loose however they can and just relax but you're also building such great memories with your family and having fun um and also one thing that i also wish i would have done um with mike is never to make him feel bad about having to work the holidays and getting called in for work and things like that because they would rather be home with you just as much as you want them there absolutely um, yeah, just be understanding. And um, that took me a long time too, like probably a good eight to 10 years to not be frustrated. Oh, another Christmas that you're not here and I'm by myself. Right. Because you know, they don't want that. So we get used to, okay, so we celebrated Christmas on December 22nd instead of right. December 25th. Um, but, and just love on them and pray for them. And, um, you know, make sure you guys spend time together too time together as much as you can carve out without the kids and um i guess just encouragement encourage them and then if you're having a hard time too if you're the spouse and there's a lot on on media right now there's a lot on social media it's just left and right and a lot of it is positive lately which i really like the support a lot of it's not take a break Maybe, Definitely. you know, if that's too much for you, take a break. There's ways to just silence things on social media on your feed for a while and take care of you, take care of yourself. I think one of the last pieces of advice and encouragement I would say is find your tribe. And it could be a group of police husbands or wives, you know, it could be um, non police related. I feel like I had both. I had my police wives that till to this very day are, are there to support me and be with me. And then I have, you know, the group that aren't, and you can relate in so many different ways. Right. So find that tribe. And even if that tribe that you find is here among like Rebecca's group, you know, because sometimes if you're in a small department or you just haven't made those connections, there's connections out here on, you know, social media that you can find groups and relate to and, and, and have those, um, you know, different talks and, and, but find the people that are going to be there to support you that get it that you yeah. can you can talk to about things i have more i think police wife friends from like instagram which sounds funny but i do i have so many wonderful spouses that i've become close with just through this app that you know it's not like i just opened up my life to them after mm -hmm. like one dm but talking with them over time and um so it, you can find those connections yeah. and, and it doesn't always have to be like you said, a police wife. I have friends that are military spouses. One good friend, her husband is like the manager of, um, uh, car sales like department. And so yeah. he works, you know, like six days a week, crazy hours too. So she can relate mm -hmm. to that aspect of our lives. And then yeah. we have kids the same age. So there's other ways to talk with people and find people that can be supportive that, 
you know, just aren't from your spouse's department. It doesn't always have to be that way. Absolutely. And just don't try to do it on your own. Don't try to keep it in because we all know that it's, it's frustrating. There's times where, you know, you just, it's, it's hard. It's hard to be married to anybody that's a first responder, not just police, you know, anyone that works crazy hours and it's unexpected. And so just have that support system there. Find that. No, those are all great tips and advice, um, especially with holidays and recognizing their way of decompression. It's not going to be the same for everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. I need more than the 30 minute drive home in the car, especially if they drive a patrol car and they're hearing on the radio, things are going on. Yes. You can't really decompress if that's in the background. And so just recognizing what their kind of their cues are for for decompression. That's yeah, and don't be afraid to ask. Like, right, right. hey, do you want me to leave you alone today? Yeah. And, and don't take it personally either. And one thing is um I was saying that I would try to pry things out of Mike and he wouldn't say, tell me any stories, but then we'd go to a barbecue with a bunch of friends and he's telling all these crazy stories. And I'm like, wait, you didn't tell me that. And then I finally asked, he's like, cause I'm trying to protect you. Yeah. Like you don't need to hear everything. Right. And so right. I, I had to be like, okay, you're right. I don't need to hear everything. And so, um, yeah, do you not want to tell me what happened at work today? No, I don't. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes it's easier for them to spill it out to people that get it because maybe at the barbecue there were law enforcement officers they felt like they could share that with who would get it but also they may not have asked and then we're if we're over here asking that's when they don't want to share and the wall goes up so yeah Mm -hmm. you are doing some amazing things and so i do want to talk about that for a second because you do provide support on grief love after loss, and give encouragement to law enforcement families. Can you tell us some ways that you do that now? Yeah, so I have a blog that's beautyforourashes.com where I do some writing there. And then my Instagram is beautyforourashesblog um, where I just try to, you're right, just give some support. But I also wrote a book called Through Hell and High Water. And that is just basically the raw details of Mike and my story, because there's so much that happened to my boys and I after Mike died in that first year that was just full of, of tragedy and unexpected loss. And so I write our story and then, you know, tell how we've come out on the other side, hopefully to give some encouragement to others and, and not just grieving the loss of a spouse or, um, you know, grief comes in so many different ways. You could be grieving because of health reasons. You could be grieving because of a divorce or a loss of any family member, maybe a loss of a job. And so hopefully my book and, and resources would be an encouragement to anyone, not just a widow or a police wife as well. Yes. And I have the opportunity to read your book and it's incredible. I love how one, it was really easy to read, but also Mm -hmm. very just, um, you know, there were so many relatable things. And even though I didn't, I haven't gone through the exact scenario that you have, but like you said, we've all experienced grief in some way. Um, Mm -hmm. And then your husband also shares a little bit um, towards the end of the book, which I really really love too. I thought that was great. It kind of um, just, it it really showed where you are now. And I loved Mm -hmm. that. Thank you. I will share all of um, April's, uh, the website, any links and where you can find her in um, the blog post and show notes that go along with the podcast. 
And um, April, thank you again for so much for just joining us and sharing a little bit of your story today. Thank you. And thank you for all you do. We all appreciate it. Thank you so much. So if you enjoyed today's episode or any past episodes, feel free to leave a review and a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow me on and April on Instagram to stay connected.